Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm your host, David, and as always, we are brought to you by our sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS, and by Lingo Eyewear. So if you happen to need some new fresh pair of sunglasses for the summer, or just some new prescription glasses that you would like to be with in good fashion, have some new styles, some new frames, go to lingoeyewear.com backslash light the fight. That's spelled L-I-I-N-G-O eyewear.com backslash light the fight. And if you put in our promo code light the fight, the full word um, or full phrase, then you can receive $30 off your very first purchase. I myself have a pair of Lingo eyewear glasses. They're amazing. I think they look good. So far, my wife thinks they look good. So that's really all that matters to me. Uh, Yeah. So go check them out. LingoEyewear.com. So for today's episode, I decided to bring up a conversation that I've had with a couple different clients recently and just give you a little context of this con- these conversations or at least the, the general background behind these conversations is that both of these clients in one way or another were telling me that they are in need, in much great need of order in the midst of their chaos. And so after they explained to me what they're lacking in their life, and the complexities of how busy their life is with kids, with job, with, you know, summer plans changing constantly, Um, at least with these families, their summer plans have been changing constantly. A lot of unknowns, a lot of things that just kind of, they've been flying by the seat of their pants. And on top of it, it's a different schedule now that it's summertime. Both these families said that they, man, they just wish that they had some sort of answer to bring tranquility and peace, and also a little bit of order to their crazy lifestyles. So I shared with them uh, a conversation I had with my supervisor quite some time ago. So a long time ago, my supervisor, Dr. Christensen, was talking to me, and he told me, well, so let me back up a little bit. I went to him and I said, hey, I got this family right now, and this family that I'm working with, it's kind of a new situation for me. And he said, what's the situation? I said, well, they had lost a child in, you know, in, in the midst of their relationship. And I didn't know them when they lost a child, but they came to me with an older child to counsel. But they quickly said that this is one of the most difficult things. Well, it was the most difficult thing that they've ever been through. But now raising a teenager that was there when they lost a child, that was the most diff- one of the most difficult thing in recent years that they'd been through because Obviously, this child was going through a lot of issues because of the, the loss of their younger sibling. And on top of it, just being a teenager, you know, can create a lot of challenges as well. So this family was struggling to find order in the midst of their chaos. And I brought this up to my mentor slash supervisor. And he told me, he goes, so it sounds like it's a pretty complex situation. I said, absolutely. Gave him all the details of the dynamics in their family. And he said, complex solutions always require simple solution or complex problems always require simple starts to a solution. Now he didn't say that the solutions are always simple in and of themselves, but he meant was 
if you have all this stuff bouncing around, a lot of ju- lot of balls that people are juggling, a lot of things that are going on, then you're going to have to have a starting point for solutions that are very simple. So I was thinking he was going to give me some cool therapy trick or technique or you know something like that he would normally give to me that I'd never heard before and I could use that to help the family. But I was wrong. He told me, he goes, do they have a weekly and monthly calendar set up in a public place in their in their house or when I say public place uh, a place where everybody walks by and everybody can see the calendar and I said well uh, I don't know and he goes well ask him about it and, and inquire from them he said but the reason why he's bringing this up to me he said the simple solution that he found or a start to many of the simple solutions that he found for families going through complex problems were communication now it's easy to say you need to better your communication or you need to improve communication. But that's just a statement. There's no instructions. It's not like a tool. It's just an obvious known. When someone says, oh, my life is chaos. And you could say, well, you know, you you need to have better communication with people you're working with. And anyone would be like, okay, yeah, that's true. I need to work on my communication. But what he was referring to in this calendar, he said, not all communication has to be verbal. In fact, some of the best communication is visual. For example, a stop sign. I think that's an effective communicator of information. A stop light. Uh, no speeding sign or, um, or a, a speed limit sign. That communicates what are the rules or AKA the boundaries that is allowed or accepted in this area. And if you follow what the communication says, then you are following a structured plan. Structure equals safety. Now, I'd already known that structure equals safety because in all my years working with teenagers who are suicidal, whenever I'd work with a suicidal teenager, I found out pretty quickly that all the relationship problems, everything going on in their life that they need to work on was very important. However, if they weren't safe, we couldn't get to all those things. So safety was always first. So he said, what you do is you ask the family if they have a space. If, so if they don't have a calendar, if they don't have that available, um, tell them to get one and make put in a public place and have everybody sit like almost like a family business meeting. Everybody sit down and go over all the things of that week that they need on the calendar. Then put all the things on the whole entire month that they are currently aware of. It doesn't mean that things can't change. You can't erase things and move things on and off the calendar. But what it does mean is that if everybody's working together to think about all the things that they have to put down or all the things they have to do that week or that month, and then they write it out. They use different colors for every, like every kid has a color for their events. Mom has a color for herself. Dad has a color for himself. Once they all had the color code off to the side, they would write down green as dad, you know, pink as mom or whatever their colors were. And as he's explained to to me all this, I I have to be honest with you, I was listening to this going, I don't even do that in my own life. Now, as a rule in therapy and counseling, I do not give suggestions of things that I haven't tested and I haven't tried myself. So I told him, I go, how am I supposed to tell people to do this? We're like, I hate structure. I do not like to have to plan too far in the future. I, I, I just do better. This is what I tell myself. I just do better kind of just going by the seat of my pants and I'm better at improv. I'm better at just getting up on stage and talking or just dealing with things and not having to plan or prepare for it too much. He looked at me and he said, sounds like you need to do a calendar too. 
And this is the part that really hit me. He goes, last time I checked, Dave, you were raised in chaos. I said, Roger that. Absolutely I was. So is it a possibility that that's what you're familiar with and that's what you're used to? I go, yeah. He goes, is it probable that because that's what you're used to, you will naturally have a resistance and want to reject anything that is structured and that is disciplined and that does create boundaries and rules? And I was like, yes, that is also correct. I never thought about it that way before. I thought what I'd been telling myself all these years of my life was actually true. And what I've been telling myself all these years of my life was people that are really strict on their regimen, really strict on their structure, really strict on all their, like, plan their whole entire day out, those people are a little cray-cray. They take it a little too serious. And so my answer to not wanting to be like them was to do the complete opposite and just have a free-flowing, just kind of just ride the waves, bro. Like, hey, I'm a surfer, so I take that like, it's all, I just want it to be all organic and like whatever happens, happens. Come to find out is being organic with paying your bills is not a good plan to have good credit. Being organic, meaning just kind of let things happen naturally into showing up to your work does not ensure job security because when they tell you to be there at eight, turns out they actually prefer you to be there at eight if they're going to pay you. And if you don't show up on time, they will fire you. I've had that happen before. So when he had this conversation with me, he said, just try it. Just tell your clients this. And you know, after you know a few weeks and they, they start doing it um, and you've started doing it yourself, then I want you to report back to me. So I did just that and I came back to him. He goes, so how'd it go? I said, some very interesting things happened. He said, please tell. So I told the mom, you know, and at first, her first response was like, oh, we already have one of those. We already do that. The teenager was in the room and said, mom, that calendar's blank. It's been sitting there for months on the wall. She goes, well, you know, we've been busy lately. And for 10, 15 minutes, she got really defensive and was trying to explain all the reasons why she didn't do that. When all I was stating was, I suggest you do it now. Her first response was, we already have one. But after further analysis, oh, they had one. The markers were still fresh and the whiteboard was clear and white, almost as if no one had ever used it because no one had. Once we got through all that, the mom's kind of same thing with me. She's like, oh, me and my husband, like, you know, we're just not those types of people. I mean, of course we have to plan things, but we don't want to be tied down. We know we like to just kind of like just, we, we work better when it's just spur of the moment. It's last minute. I was like, okay. However, I want you to do this. And after you do it for four weeks, then we'll talk about it. And if then you still see after doing it for a month, there's no benefit to it whatsoever. Don't continue. Don't do it anymore. And I said, I'm going to go home and have my wife and I were going to do one as well. So we did just that. The next week she came back. It wasn't even four weeks. She came back. She said, I got something to tell you. I said, well, what's that? She said, remember when I said I already did my calendar and, and, she, and I got really defensive. Now, I had a good trusting relationship with this family. So she could be honest with me and tell me that she was, you know, getting defensive. And I said, I remember like, you know, like you kind of like, we're kind of like not wanting to do it. And she said, I had a breakthrough. I said, well, what's that? 
She said, so I sat down with my husband and I said, let's go ahead and write it out. And then quickly, he and I both started to say how we came from different backgrounds, how our families, you know, were not that kind of way. We're not this kind of way. And, and you know, we're just so used to, you know, living, you know, this way that, you know, there's no point of changing it. And then she told her husband that that's what I said went through my life and my family and that she committed to me that she would do it. And she didn't want to come back and tell me that, you know, they, they just talked themselves out of it. So she goes, we have to do this. He's like, fine. This was after like 30 minutes. She said she went down and started writing down one of the sport activities that one of their kids had to do that week. And as soon as the pen hit the, she was fine writing in the dates and writing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all that stuff like that. But as soon as she went to write down her son, I can't remember what sport it was, but some sort of sport, his practice for that first day, she broke down and started bawling. And I remember sitting there going, okay, I'm like, please tell. She said, when we lost our child, we had our whole entire summer planned out. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. She said, I used to do just this. I, I had the planners. I had all the details like written down and, and I was marking my progress and everything that I did. She said, but after that happened, it just completely threw our life upside down in chaos and we've just been surviving ever since. She said, the reason why I broke down is because I was scared to plan for the future because I was scared of the future. I never thought I'd be living a life without my baby. Once you have your future so rocked and you get so mind blown and, and you have things that come at you that you didn't expect. Now in her situation, it was the loss of a child. I've done this with lots of clients and it's been less traumatic things, but it was those things were traumatic to them. And you know, moving to a new state and not knowing any friends and, you know, not, not being able to really have enough, like you felt like you could really start to think about the future and really plan for it. And so in her mind, she realized that they were just kind of like, like that movie gone in 60 seconds. They were just waiting for something, the next shoe to drop, the next, next bad thing to happen. They had to be ready to change all over again. It's like they were just waiting for something bad to happen. So they couldn't plan to have a normal week because their mind was conditioned for chaos. She said her and her husband both came from very chaotic backgrounds, which I knew that. She quickly made the connection with their backgrounds and then made the connection with the loss of their child. And then they both talked. And after she cried, then he cried. And then she came into me and she said, this was the best week we've had, but I could see why I didn't want to do the planning because I was scared to have hope for the future again. I was just trying to survive day to day. So the reason why I'm calling this episode order, create order even despite the chaos means chaos, just like everything else in life, needs safety. And you acquire safety by having rules and boundaries and guidelines, aka structure, that provides the environment for the safety. If you do not have plans to execute even of the simplest tasks like tasks like dropping a kid off at soccer practice or picking up your child from dance going to the dentist if you don't have some sort of tracking of how much you've got done that week 
and everybody sees it, then communication can be easily misunderstood. What this family and every other family I've had that I've suggested do this, they all had something in common, regardless whether they lost a child or not. That thing that they had in common was they struggled with being able to communicate because their communication was mostly based upon they should know, meaning the dad thinking about the wife, she should know how I feel. The wife thinking like, well, I always tell my kids this. I shouldn't have to write it down on the board. It should be a given. And because they didn't take my feelings and thoughts into consideration, now I have to take offense to that. So this family was taking offense to lots of things. And then they were blaming each other for not having clear communication. When my supervisor and my mentor, he said, make the communication visual. And he gave me the analogy of stop signs, stuff like that. Could you imagine if someone was at the corner intersection every time you came up, they're waving at you going, hey, slow down. You have to stop right here. See that line? That's a stop. You have to stop right here. One, that'd be a horrible job. Everyone would hate you. And two, the job could be better communicated because you need to make quick decisions with just putting up a visual sign. So if you are listening to this podcast and you have been one of those types of people in the past, but you're currently not doing it, I believe that this information I just shared with you will give you a new understanding of an importance to do it. We're not just doing it to have control of our day, to have control of our weeks, because that's why I always thought I didn't want to be structured because the people that I knew that were really structured were also really anxious, neurotic, and freaking out all the times. And they seem like they're control freaks to me. So I thought that that meant if I was like that, then I'd become a control freak. Turns out if done properly, it doesn't make you a control freak. It helps you create safety in the midst of chaos. It helps you start to believe that you can plan for a future instead of just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. In the years I've sat with families with all different traumas and all different difficulties in their life, they all had so much things that they wanted to do, so much things that they regret that they didn't do in the past, that they were fearful of repeating those same mistakes. And the families who were obsessive about controlling their schedule, that didn't work out for them. And the families, as far as communicating in their relationship with the family, what the expectations were, what they needed from each other, just didn't really give them what they wanted. And then the families that just say, you know what, structure is just too much for us. Like we got so much going off. I'm just going to put everything to the last minute and you know, we're just going to figure out what's going on. Those would be the same parents and the same families that would tell their kids, don't wait to the end of the quarter to do all your makeup work. Get ahead of it. Plan. Be structured. But in their own personal lives, running their own family business, they didn't have weekly business meetings. They didn't plan their week out with a calendar and clearly communicated what the roles and responsibilities of every single person was because they thought it was either petty, it was a waste of their time, or they just do better by flying by the seat of their pants. Well, I can tell you, it did not work out for those people very well either. The people that look at calendars like this as a tool, as a guardrail, to catch you when you're falling, just keep you focused. It's like a lighted pathway. It's like, okay, follow the lights, follow the arrows, keep on moving that direction. Nonverbal visual communication gives you a better probability, more likelihood that you're going to be able to communicate with your words more effectively because the rules of the game are already in place. 
You know what you're supposed to do on the calendar Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. You know what you're supposed to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if someone says, hey, listen, you didn't tell me about Friday, and then you say, yeah, I did, no, I didn't, and you're going tit for tat back and forth, that does not make you better at communicating. It makes you better at arguing and being resentful. When you have it clearly put on there, and someone says, you didn't tell me about it on Friday, say, oh, you know what, you're right, I didn't. Because on Sunday when we talked about this week and I wrote it down, I just assumed that you would look at the calendar. I apologize. Would you like me to remind you to look at the calendar? Sometimes I've heard kids go, well, no, I, I, I guess I just got to remember to do it. Or, yeah, you know, I guess that would help because, yeah, I mean, the calendar's right in the living room. Of course, I walk by it all the time. So... That, that's a better way to communicate about a miscommunication versus playing the blame game back and forth, which actually comes very natural and very easy. So if there's a given, like if everybody knows you have to stop at a red light and you go to green light and you slow at a yellow light, then we can all be communicating in the same realm and playing by the same rules. If there's no clear calendar set schedule, then we're wondering why people didn't do what we expected them to do but also knowing that it wasn't clearly communicated. So I really trust that you guys will get some good nuggets out of that information, order out of chaos or creating order despite chaos. And I really appreciate every one of you that have been a fan of Light the Fight, that has been coming to this podcast for helpful suggestions and ideas, how to help your family, how to help your loved ones. And as we always say here at Light the Fight, thank you for helping us light the fight.